Hey friends, welcome back to your favorite homeschool podcast. You're listening to season two of the Friends of Cabrini podcast. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And make sure you go tell a friend. Hey friends, welcome back to the Friends Cabrini podcast. You're now listening to a new episode with your host, Jaleesa. I'm so excited about our show today because I get to talk to someone I personally know who's so awesome. <laughs> I'm so honored to have with me Mrs. Toya McCracken. She is the founder and owner of the new Balance Boutique directly in Florida. She's a personal self-development enhancer and consultant, as well as a wonderful wife. She is a servant of the Lord. She is a great mom and a great stepmom and a great grandmother and great friend and so many other things. So many other things. Welcome to our show. How are you today? Thank you so much. I just feel so honored with that beautiful welcome. Yeah, I'm like, what else did what else did I say she does? She does so many amazing things. You have so many hats that you're wearing at one time. And obviously, right, as a as a wife and as a mom and as a professional, it's hard to do and be all these things for everybody. Um and I think what you're doing is perfect, right? Self development, teaching people how to care for them personal sel- their personal selves and to show up. Um, as their best selves, how do you yes. practice some of that self-development with yourself every day? And I'll say thank you again, Jalisa. It's an honor to be on your show today. And the name says it all, balance. You have to have balance in your life. So um, some years ago, I was in a leadership program. And one of the things we were talking about was having balance in your life. So I learned to try to sort my schedule a lot more and get things that were important, prioritized. And once I started doing that, I found like a little bit of more light at the end of the tunnel. Growing and changing things. I always found key that balance, it takes care of everything. If you have too much of this or too little of that, you find yourself around like an octopus. So, you know, I said, you know, I have to take charge of my life because those little tasks, they'll take, they'll take charge so fast. So that's what I do. I do a lot of breathing techniques myself um, because I learned that a lot of us don't even know how to breathe. So when you learn how to breathe and get in rhythm and tune with what you're doing, sometimes you'll be so stressed out to your panting or you're just not even breathing. Your body is like going into that um, flight or fright mode. So learning how to breathe for myself, I do take my own advice. And also just making sure that I'm prioritizing so nobody is getting left behind and nobody feels like they're they're getting the short end of the stick. Right, right. I love that. And so, you know, being someone who is a woman of faith and you are very deeply connected and consistent with your family, I'm sure that you have to do a lot of that, right? What are some Absolutely. things? What What are some things that you, or maybe tips? I don't want to say the word things. Um, what are some tips? Maybe one or two tips that you can share with parents of how can they show up for their best selves 
when they are engaging with their children, because as you said, sometimes we're not in the moment because we're doing so many different things. Um, how can parents really show up for as their best selves for their, their family and for their children? Take time for even two minutes. If you continuously give your you're not going to be able to be your best self. Read that piece of sugar or that your favorite beverage and you can remove yourself and come back in your situation because I'm just my voice kind of carries so when I'm getting on to the heat of this, I'm like a little bit just like a moment away. That's my either run a while sometimes, but if you couple deep breaths, regroup and back do for yourself in your sanity. Mom, wife, and Yes. I agree. I think that's so true because for children, it seems like they really do uh, pick up on your energy and they really can understand like when you are upset or when you're frustrated. And sometimes that's difficult, right? Because we're as parents, we're supposed to be trying to model good behavior for them. And, and sometimes they might pick up on some things that we don't quite want them to, you know, be exposed to or, or to develop. So, so I, I definitely do think it's important that we just kind of center ourselves first and regroup before we start to engage um, with our children yeah. and just be kind of cognizant, right, of, of where we are, what yeah. we're doing, and, and how we're talking with our kids. Um, I think that's really important. But today, I really wanted yeah, to... Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Another, I mean, we could have been in there. When it gets too much, just phone a friend. I always like that. Yeah. <laughs> the company partner that you could just pick up the phone and they'd all need to agree. Sis, I'm in a moment. Mom, I'm in a moment. Who am that person? Regroup and come back. Not the phone a friend. Let them get accountable for them, though. <laughs> yes phone <laughs> a friend I love that that's the best that's we all need that we need that especially as parents yes. that's awesome yes. a friend. <laughs> so today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, school choice because that seems to be like a hot topic that's going around the United States, and you guys are in Florida. And so Florida has been getting a lot of public media attention uh, just with the different things that the governor is either signing into law or different things he might be stating. And so mm -hmm. uh, recently in this year, he signed in a new legislation for school choice vouchers that are assisting families uh, who would like to send their children to public schools. And I wanted to get your thoughts about that and see, you know, do you think that families will be able to benefit from 
the school choice vouchers or maybe having a school choice board where they can really decide for themselves the, the option between the options of schools, public schools or private schools um, that they have there? I, I, I definitely think it's beneficial to get their student care. Um, like in our paper, they built the, the bus route district. You know, like the bus they cut off portion in the county, and, which is over the areas. But those are where the better schools are. And so when you go to that are less economical, you know, you have a hard time for parents getting their being able to get jobs on time. I do see those who can, but I also see like it's going to be stressful for them. They just don't have the way or they don't have the help. Um, for example, my grandson, before the mother was able to get him out a voucher for one of the but in all honesty, it was called out there, and you know they have time. Got to be there and pick them up at certain times. It was very hard on her, and then we would have to jump in and try to help as we could, and it became almost a burden. So she was like, you know, it, even though the doctor was great, it was just too much strain on family, you're by yourself, a whole team for some of these moms or parents who want to put their kids up school. Work with some okay. of the families who do have transportation. Wow. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of good sense to me. It sounds like that maybe there should be other options aside from just being able to put your child and to maybe whatever is considered the the better school within the district, I'm assuming. Is that right? Yes. Even though they'll have these grants or these for these wonderful schools, how are they going to get them there? That's the first big obstacle in the community. Right. Yeah, that's true. So thinking about the busing um, and, and things like that, I think is a great option. When I, you know, when I think about school choice or parents having the freedom to choose, uh, sometimes I think about it shouldn't just be limited to the public schools or private schools. I think parents should also be given the opportunity to choose whether they want to homeschool their children and maybe the vouchers can be should be used for those purposes as well right because for some families as you mentioned the, the distance may be too far and it may it put them in jeopardy where they might um, have to sacrifice work or something of that nature and so i think maybe uh for those that are considering the school choice vouchers and for the elected officials <laughs> who are working on the legislation. Right. Maybe, maybe they should think to open it up where 
there's a variety of different options and just not don't just limit it down to private and public schools. Um, but I do I feel that. Yeah, but I do feel like one of the other reasons why I think school choice is a big thing these days is because of what is being titled or termed as the woke agenda um, and the things that are really happening in the public schools. Right. And a lot of the schools have started to follow this model of what's called SEL, social and emotional learning. And um, initially, when it was introduced to parents, I think the idea that parents may have under some parents may have understood it as is that you know they're just going to teach the children about some of the basic things like how not to be a bully and how to be kinder uh, right. to friends and, and to classmates. But now it has truly expanded into uh, sex education, which. If, if my memory serves me correct from my experience, that was only something that was taught in select grades, maybe like fifth grade or once you became a sophomore in high school. And, and now uh, sex education is being offered all the way down to the five-year-olds that are in kindergarten or pre-K. And then you have this thing of gender identity um, where the kids are seeming to have to be forced to accept uh, different situations mm -hmm. and scenarios where they're having to share uh, bathrooms with kids that, you know, were, you know, born, right? <laughs> they were born of a certain gender right. and now they've decided mm -hmm. to the transition to be of another gender. So um, these children are being, some children are really, seems like they're being forced to accept the idea of, transgenders and sharing the bathroom spaces with them. Uh, a lot of children feel very uncomfortable with that. A lot of parents feel uncomfortable with that. And there's just so much going on. Uh, my question to you is, do you think public schools have a, a responsibility to where, you know, they need to just be a little bit more careful um, in how they are exposing all children to some of these these topics, such as sex education or gender identity? I think they should be extremely careful because you have so many households in one classroom and some parents are particularly protecting their children because each child is different mentally. So you don't want to just put that out there for these children. So again, they need to be extremely careful and cautious of how they introduce these things. Like you said, in ninth grade when we started sex education. I have to admit, maybe in school where there is a need for the sex education, then you supply. But every this level of gender identity, sexual education, because everyone is not in that level. Now, I think a lot of these teachers, educators, who are in, and I can't say it, so I don't want to mess it up, are in the, alpha, the alphabet, the acronym, I feel like they do, they take a stance on their woke and their being themselves, and they want to, everybody to accept that. Andy, within your right, but these are not your children, these are your students. 
And I also believe if it's such a need, they should have um, parents either in finding some paperwork because at the tender age, speak to them. I'm very honest. Their mind is capable of even right. open that up. And I don't want educators or anybody for that matter exposing our children to something even they bring back to school and then now hey friends did you know that right now you can get 15% off of all math classes with friends of Brini I mean seriously 15% off go ahead right now and visit our website because you don't want to miss this deal Hey. Uh oh, can, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Hey. Okay, I'm, I'm trying it again. Hey, I'm. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's okay. It's, it's totally fine. Um, So I, I can re ask the question if you want. I don't, I don't know. Sure. Okay. I don't know what all you got, uh, so wherever you want to go. Yes. Yes. Um, because I know you were like mid thought when it when it uh disconnected us. So hmm. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and it was so good too. Um, let's see. Okay, so you're saying that you think that they have a the school. You were saying that you think the schools do have a responsibility. Um. Okay, so I'll re-ask the questions. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, where are we at? Da -da 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 -da. There it goes. Okay. So with everything that is happening uh, at public schools now in this influx of schools wanting to do a lot more with teaching kids about either topics related to sex education or gender identity, do you think public schools have a major responsibility where... They should be a little bit more careful in how they're exposing children to those topics. I think they have an extreme responsibility of being very careful and cautious because, again, you have 20 to 30 children and they come from different homes, different backgrounds. Every family is not teaching their children the same thing. Every child is not to be exposed to certain things that the school system may feel they are ready to be exposed to. So, and I also will go back to what you were saying about the social emotional learning. To me, gender identity is more of identity issues, not on the social emotional learning aspect or the spectrum mm -hmm. of that. So when I send my children to school, I kind of know where their mindset is at. So I don't want them to come home and tell me this, you know, my teacher said this, and my, their mind is going, and families who have multiple children, now you have to sit down and have that whole family conversation with all, all the children, because now everybody's mindset is going to be all over the place. And So true. Yes, also these kids, 
you know, a lot of times children aren't woke to something until they're exposed to it. And so uh, I definitely think it should be a certain grade level. And if I could have my other opinion, I believe they should have um, slips from the parents to sign if they want their children to be a part of this and let them know that they're going to be exposing the children to these type of conversations beforehand and let them have a, a say because it's very sensitive for some people. I agree. I think so too. I think parents should be given the opportunity to opt out, opt their yes. children, you know, opt their children out of those conversations. Correct. But even further, even further than that, you know, there's always been this thing for many, many decades where Schools were not allowed to teach uh, things like religion or faith, right? Oh, and, and those were things that they had to teach that had to be taught at home. For a lot of us of different uh, demographics of color, they don't they don't have a lot of textbooks or a lot of uh, in depth uh, curriculum that goes deep diving into Asian studies and Hispanic and African American studies. Those are things that have been taught at home. Absolutely. And so I think that if if we're going to continue, I feel like if schools are going to continue to just go the way that they are, then, as you said, that needs to be a conversation between parents and the board and the teachers and the admin within the districts of the schools. But ultimately, the decision still needs to be left with parents, where parents Absolutely. should be able to teach their children about things as it relates to either of those two topics because I also feel that it falls within um, what morals and what values are you teaching them at home and a lot of children they may not have parents that are with them every single day because you know you have parents that work overnight and things of that nature so a lot of kids are really being raised by the teachers that they see for six hours in the public school, and then they're being raised by what they see on social media. Absolutely. And so there is no real true authentic parenting or holistic parenting that's happening there to help them to distinguish um, good behavior, bad behavior, right? What's right, what's wrong, what's uh, something that will, will affect or uh, go against their morals and their values. They don't really know those things. And as right. you say, it's about what it's about the level of exposure because again piggybacking off of that there are 20 30 uh households coming into one room and everyone has their own perspective Absolutely. right and, and their how, culture. How mm -hmm. yes how everything in the world is is to be in their own personal uh heritages and cultures and things of that nature and religious backgrounds or faith-based beliefs um and, and then how you mentioned with families of multiple kids, that must be, I feel like for families that have to have the conversation, that must be the most difficult conversation because all of your children are attending a public school and they're all in different ages and they're all hearing different things. Absolutely. Like even, you know, even the teachers are having different perspectives. Exactly. So, so I think that you're right on that point that they should be a little bit more just, just oh, honestly, I think I, th I don't think it should be happening. To be honest, it shouldn't be happening. In, in all honesty, I agree with you. It should not be happening. They should have a little bit more structure. 
and it'll just and and really like center everything around the fact that these are still children and we want them to be children and not adults we don't mm-hmm. want to put um adult topics and adult business on them because ultimately they're not able to really handle the consequences and the responsibilities of that it'll it'll still go down to the parents you know having to to step in and to say something absolutely and interject there if you don't mind because i was a teen mom and having uh, having that type of responsibility on on a child it's insane and I don't care how they dress it up and how good they make it look. It is insane on a child to even be exposed to certain things. We already have to worry about our children going through other things in life where people are already invading their privacy. And I'm not going to get too deep on that. But yes. some children are already fighting situation. And so now you want to bring all of these other topics on it. That's You wonder why they can't focus school and pass some of these required tests because you have so many things coming at them when it should just be education. Correct. Education. Not, not all of this stuff that doesn't really matter. Yes, society has, society will come in, but let the parents or the household or whoever their guardians are responsible to teach them those things or even offer courses or classes as they get older, if that's something that they're not getting at home. Because like you said, some aren't getting the proper teachers at home. But all in all, it is very a very fine line. So I think it should be obsolete in the school system. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about like the additional courses that ca- they can take. Um, and I have, ooh, and I have it, I have it like so in my head, the one that I'm thinking about. Um, I think back in the day, in the 60s, I know for sure that this was like in the 60s, because I'm getting this from like the whole Motown era, and I, I know it has absolutely nothing to do with the topic, but um, you know how, you know how when you watch some of those documentaries about those entertainers from Motown and how... Mm-hmm. They talk about how the the young artists, because they were young at the time, they went through like charm school and they learned certain yeah. behaviors and certain mannerisms, how to carry themselves in public, how to act, how to eat properly at a table, how to be dignified. And so I'm thinking that like that a charm school needs to be present, right? Where we are teaching or or, or maybe not maybe not necessarily term it as charm school, but something of that nature where we're teaching our children how to carry themselves, right, in public, but still allowing them to be children. So not necessarily um, making them feel like we're just trying to control their whole life, right? But making sure that they know, like, you can explore and do things, but let's do it in a healthy manner, right? And and when they want to have those conversations to make sure that they're having those conversations with people that they trust, people that love them, people that really have their best interests at heart, right? And people that are going to be truthful and honest with them. And I think all of those things fall under one or two types of people. And those are parents. So 
Um, yes, I'm so yeah. glad that you mentioned that because I'm thinking like, oh, that sounds like a like a charm school or you know something of sorts. But but I, I think that is a definitely. I think that's good. Yes. And taking a modeling course and uh, editing, uh, editing of that course. And I've been talking to my girls about that because, um, but the Debbie Top Ball was so big because it teaches young women, like you said, how to be a young lady. How to Touch down, not sit down like a boy in your life. A body like a right. young lady. And, and and the etiquette of being a girl. Because I am so pro female. I love I love all the little things that you know we go through growing up. I was and learned like all about being a girl, embracing your femininity. And I just like that that charm school, yes. etiquette school, even death, whatever it is. And I believe, my opinion, it will help a lot of young ladies with the identity if they have the proper guidance, the proper structure to help That's them, right. you know, get exposed to these type of things and have a good and I think you're I think you're right you're right because as you mentioned, you said the gender identity really does not fall under social and emotional learning. Um, unless you're looking at it from the perspective of how it's personal, right? But it's not a collective thing because you don't want to start uh, having other children kind of mimicking things that they honestly did not feel within themselves and and they were not exposed to. Um, I think, I feel like that some adults that are administrators or elected officials they sometimes forget that old school thing where you have children who will mimic everything that you model for them. And even though you, even though you put them in a brick and mortar and you have, you know, 30 or however many in the classroom, they're, they're mimicking each other. They're mimicking the teacher. They're mimicking parents. They're mimicking the admin. They're mimicking what they see on social media. So it, it, it's like, when does it end? <laughs> when, you know, when does someone step in and say, okay, like enough is enough, you know? Um, so exactly. I, I definitely agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that there's without a shadow of a doubt, there's no question that parents should be involved in their children's learning journey. I think the question is Absolutely. how can they be involved? Right. How do you think parents can really, um, show up to address those things because we talked about earlier how parents can show up as their best selves when they're engaging with their children but what about when it comes to the education side in the public school how can parents get involved in that way 
you know, and the fact that you're being honest with yourself and your children. Understand that second, third grade and not be. Don't send them to school first and say, well, you should be doing this because many of Look at your child. your children. Each of them learn differently. Each of them have been. And so you can't put them on a scale. Get they just learn. They have different patterns that they learn. And so we have that. Be an all A student, he might be an A B student, and maybe he gets pulls the honesty out. Now you can sit down and evaluate things and do what you can in your notes. Get a little more depth involved with your children because now they, you can give them tips that's going to help them succeed and make them not to feel less than their peers or less than their. You know, he had a with reading and how she your program, and we say so much for that. He was so, he excelled in so many other things, but he had sometimes with his self esteem. So, not only did we have to have help through him, we also encourage him, boost his self esteem up, understand that. And that's where parents need, you know, honesty. Honesty. Be honest with your don't make them feel like they can go out and be a kid in the fourth grade. That's not even a that's just bring that back down. Let's let them conquer the fourth grade. Conquer it with them. And it needs to be you have the time to do this. You are children. You are not if you are not involved, book, read a book, okay, what did you read? Now I'm questioning you. What did you read? Do a summary. So you, your children are all able to read a book. So you can go sit down. No, it didn't work. Read a book and you have to say it. It called you in our children. Take the time to be honest, take the time to be bald, and teach them how to excel in class. If they don't make an A, if they did their best, that's their best way to get school standards, but you're not. Having a tough time picking it up. But as parents, you should see that. Mm -hmm. I think you are so right. No, it's okay. I think you are so right. Um, I feel like that is the right way to go, right? Because some parents do, at some point, it seems like they do give up on their, their children. And as I was mentioning before, even about like the energy and how the parent presents themselves, 
uh, the kids can also pick up on like if you don't believe in them, right? And if you're not believing in them, Absolutely. I think that does play a part in their psyche and in their self-development where they start not to believe in themselves or they think that they can't do something. And so I think the best way for parents to motivate their children to get through um, schoolwork or homeschool or whatever it is, is really just what you said. Be involved, be present, show them that you're there and show them that they matter, right? And they're not in it alone. You're in it with them and model model good reading skills, model good test taking skills, model uh, good math skills. And even if you're not the best at math, let's, let's do it together. We're gonna learn it together, you know? I mean, YouTube is everyone's Ooh. friend these days and Google and chat yeah. GTP is everyone's Google, friend these YouTube, days. Yeah. <laughs> So there's there's so many there's so many different things. I think we just need to kind of like remember that at some point or another we too were children. We had some of the same difficulties uh, with our learning, where educators our educators may not have understood how we learn. But um, as the parent, mm -hmm. you should always be observing how your child learns because that's a mini you, right? <laughs> and even if even exactly. even if it's not a mini you, it may it may be a mini version of the other parent or a combination of the two. And that's and that's actually what I learned about my son. I was observing him the other day, or not the other day, but I want to say a couple of months ago. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I always have been someone who writes everything down. For the longest time, my grandmother always told me, mm -hmm. whatever you see on the board, write it down. And so it was ingrained into my psyche so much that I still do it as an adult. And I've started to get my son with okay. note taking, but then I see that he, he dislikes it. He doesn't like it. But when it comes to like watching something or hearing a conversation about something, he remembers it as if like, it's the first time, you know, hearing it. And he okay. can, he's very knowledgeable about topics. And sometimes I'm just in awe because I'm just like, I don't have that gift where I can hear something <laughs> one or two times and I understand it. I have to visually, you know, read it by paper or write it down multiple times to believe that it's a thing. And so I, I noticed that like, well, he doesn't have that gift for me, but that's a gift that he has from his dad. And then there's a, and then there's a portion mm -hmm. of his learning that is similar to mine. And then there's another portion that's not similar to either one me or dad. And so it's just like, he's really just a perfect combo of each one of us. And, and you know, and I, and I think if you just kind of do exactly what you said, just observe your child, be just fine. And it, I feel like it also makes for those moments where you can really grow and bond too, because then your child is also going to teach you some things which, which I get a lot of. <laughs> I get a lot of like them teaching me things and teaching me things. So it's it's really fun. Wow, I, I'm just enjoying my conversation with you. Yes, I I am so just. Yes, I'm so enjoying my conversation with you. Um, you know, speaking, we've been talking a lot about like again how can parents show up, right? The self development 
within the children, the self-development within parents? How can the school system uh, be better and, and just improve and, and whatnot? Um, talk to me a little bit more about Balance Boutique because you, you have so much going on. And as a coach, I know that you're spending a lot of time working with people. I'm sorry, not a coach, but a consultant. You're spending a, a lot of time uh, working with people and really trying to get them to see, you know, the best way to be your best self is to really work on yourself, right? And take accountability okay. for your own thoughts, your own actions. Um, talk to me a little bit more about, about Balance Boutique and how can new incoming prospective clients find you? How can they how can they seek out your services and get involved with you? Thank you, thank you. Well, and kind of what we were just your children, and you said girls. I unlearn behavior. Um, we learn that we need to That is where I'll start with the balance between. And that these are going to have a drunk. It is written. My what you do sometimes go back and learn these bad behaviors. And that's a coach, more of an enhancer because we all are great. You didn't get where you are today with go through some things. You're here because you kept you kept going, you kept pursuing and you better than you was yesterday. So I've been here for us to get to where we are or go. Let's sit down and figure out what we need to pull up it up off. And so a lot to me the biggest thing is I think like I was the thing for every child. I come from the project. I come from a very great youth. Or to hear somebody's mom come around the corner. So you grew up. But you don't have to bring that environment into your home today. If you raise your children in what you're doing. You gotta pull back and say make it uh, okay. Let me stop getting up because I know I have put a little so that they don't have to get the gutter, the roughness, and all of that. Unlearn some of these bad behaviors, some of these bad apps that we picked up, some of these bad children don't deserve all of your negativity. They you want them to give them a you got to give them a learning, and you have to give them a second learning. <laughs> so with balance moves, I go back to starting with ourselves for our life, because now you know you're you're mature. You grown. You don't have to worry about. Okay, I can't do your life. So now you, if you have a husband, you have to make sure that you're doing the right thing by yourself. 
enhancing yourself. Let's start. Sometimes we have to take a moment to regroup. We might be going pretty good in ourselves. Like, God. Because we just so. That's right. You, you're doing um, you're giving the children the A plus. You're giving the butter, but a little bit of guidance, a little bit of uh for your so what I do, I try to inspire in the a awesome. Look at your family, step back and just observe your home, your state, wherever you live. At it. At that without you. You have to inspire yourself. One song says sometimes you have to encourage yourself. So encourage yourself. That is that is one of my favorite songs. (laughs) So powerful and depend on somebody to always feel it. Like early in the conversation Fortunately, accountability partner, but I do have my cousin. I'm not going to agree with everything you feel at some moment. All of you like, listen, I just need to, I need to talk to that. I have this. Sometimes you just need to get it all off. Say a word. I'm here for you. Do balanceboutique.com. What is speaking, what you need, and I'm here. If we need to just hurt you during that time, I'm here for all of that. But you can't allow these trials and these hiccups to just make it to a depression. When you have to help you and you know, encourage you along the way. So that's I I love because I myself I need that sometimes. I need to just oh that is all this and that and anything by it, but he might get miss what he's doing. I can't get him on but I still empowered to encourage mm-hmm. myself. I'm empowered to at that moment. So what the ultimate goal is to allow people to be forward to others because it's the little things in life that make us the great person that we are. Come together to help your foundation be solid. Once you get solid, you can get it. I love that. I think you have another career. And when I grow up, I want to be like you because I think you. Have I think you have another career besides being. I'm serious. I think you have another career besides being a personal development enhancer. I think you have a voice for being a motivational speaker, but I also feel like there's more. I feel like there's something connected to faith. And there's something connected to, you know, like you speaking in like in church or something like that. So 
Um, thank you so much mm-hmm. for just being on the show and sharing so much of your wisdom and insight and intellect because it is absolutely needed. Um, I think you guys have a marvelous family. I'm so happy to have been able to just be connected with you and your family. Um, and you know my little guy, or, or both of my little guys, because there's two of them. I love them. They're so awesome. I still owe them a basketball <laughs> game. Those are my guys. I, I know there's going to be some of the best future NBA stars, because they're definitely going to be needed. <laughs> Absolutely. These NBA Absolutely. players today, I don't know. <laughs> But I, I definitely see that I in their future. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They're getting the yes. million dollar contract. Uh, no. guys have- right, right. No one's teaching financial literacy. No one's teaching, mm-hmm. you know, really just maintaining the wealth. And I, I just, oh man, I just think that's that's something, you know. Um, I that I mean that's that's a whole another conversation, but I was gonna Absolutely. say uh, again as I said I want to be like I want to be like you when you get older so I or when I get older I want to be like you when I get older and so um I wanted to ask do you have any favorite books that you can share where parents can read and, and just kind of to help develop their insight and their intellect about some of their choices, some of their decision-making. Um, do you have any books that you might read as it might be related to just parenting or just making better decisions, you know, things of that nature? You know, I read so many documentaries. Um, and, and I have to be honest, I don't have but my favorite thing is watching other people learning from them. And sometimes a person's life can be a book. The mistakes people have made, it will help you grow. It can help you grow. Um, a lot of spiritual books, more so of learning about how to, your faith is taking off, you know, the the forces that have you know basically like how to how to walk in faith without fearing how to stand firm and that comes from trusting the word of God like you said go back to faith because a lot of people don't understand when you make that statement that you have to also worship it and call to succeed. Self-help, and I can't speak of a good book to give you a good title because it's there um, that I have picked up and just read, just being honest. Have you read? Yeah, no problem. Have you read? I'm wondering, I'm curious, have you read, um, I think it's called The Ship. And it's by Pastor Keon Henderson. No, I haven't. 
I think maybe that might be one that you could probably add to your your reading list. Um, I've read a little bit of it, but he is like a really, really awesome uh, uh, faith leader. And I think it's a good book to read. I feel like that one would be a good one for anyone who just needs to kind of like figure out, you know, what's the right direction for them to take, right? Because at some point, all of us, if we haven't already been there, we'll probably be there at some point where we get into this mm-hmm. spot where it's time to like shift our thinking and our life and it's time right. for us to make wiser decisions. And so I think um, from what I've, I've taken so far, from what, I've, from what I've taken so far from the book is that you just want, as you mentioned, you want to be a little bit more balanced in your approach. You want to be a little bit more in tune with with God or whatever your your spiritual or, or religious background may be. Um, and you really want to just make sure like you're making more sound and wiser decisions that are going to be not just reflective of who you are, but they need to be a reflection of what you stand for and and the family that you have around you, whether it's your children or your parents or you know any other loved ones, your spouse, um, so that's a little bit of what I've gotten so far from the book. I haven't read the fullness of the book, but I would say that I uh-huh. think that one is a good one. Um, there is another book by another pastor. His name is Todd something. I can't think of his name. And I know, I knew that that was a book as well. I have to share it with you. I haven't started it, but I do have it. Um, his name is Pastor Todd something. <laughs> I can't get the last name right now. But um, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And I know there's tons of, as you said, books and documentaries and things that people can watch to really uh, help themselves to continue to develop personally and professionally. Um, before we go, I usually like to ask a really fun question. And that's our decades question. Is there any particular <laughs> song or film or a television series that you think might be a good representation of your family and how, how you guys are today or will be in the future, anything like that? And you know, this, this might spark controversy, but the Tasha show, and I've always modeled my life after. I always wanted to be like, I thought I was moody as yeah. a child because it came from my childhood and I know <laughs> mistakes in his life, but I will honestly build I was introduced to careers. I was introduced to college. I was introduced to and one thing I take, my husband and I are very affectionate and we feel in a very respectful manner. But let them see that right. you do enjoy one another. Let your children know that you can still play together. Let your children know that you love one another. I believe in demonstrating Uh-oh. anything you do, you have to demonstrate. It, uh, I think it broke you up. It broke up a little bit. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Uh, I, I think it broke up a little bit. Yes. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Love Sorry. through everything you do. 
Oh, I think it's, yeah, it's breaking up. Can, do you, I can uh, re-ask the question if you want. Okay. Is there any particular TV show or film or maybe a song from any of the previous decades that would be like a reflection of your family? Yes, but I'll say Bill Cosby may have made mistakes, but he introduced not only myself to so many different accolades, starting with college, jazz, and love. And that is one thing I always just, I just thought when I was a kid, I wanted to be Rudy. As a woman, I wanted to be Claire. I wanted to, Claire had balance. She had food, strictness, but she was also a lady. And that's something that I love about it. And so the Cosby Show would be it. Um, I want us all to be successful. Like I said earlier, allowing our children to be themselves because everybody may not want to go to college, but be the best you that you can be. So that so I watch the rerun, and I have to say it's in a tie with the good times. Because watching Florida stand firm in the development of a community for her family, every time an obstacle came, she prayed through every obstacle even though she was hurt and let down she was a strong black woman on that TV and she let you know that you pray and you don't so that was my show of my fun question <laughs> I love it um, we've had a couple people who have said Cosby's and Cosby's is one of my favorites too I've said it as well but your take I must say your take on the show is very refreshing because normally I feel like we all just look at the fact that, you know, the kids were young, they were adventurous, they went to college, but I completely forgot about that whole piece that you just mentioned about the relationship between Cliff and Claire. And you're right. It's yeah. a healthy relationship that the parents are modeling for their children because later mm -hmm. on we see, Sandra and Elf get married, and we see Denise um, and her husband get married, and then they have they have their little one. And so I think that is so right. That is that's a refreshing take on it. I also enjoy how you said you wanted to be Rudy and then Claire. I think that's that's excellent too because even from uh, Rudy's portion of the show, you saw how she interacted with her friend Bud, and then when she uh started yeah. to date for the first time in the series you saw how she she started to grow and mature as a young lady so i thought that was so awesome and such a good take on it um for us i'm actually gonna say i yeah normally i would say i, I probably would say one of those but or, or cosby but I think this week I want to say parenthood and so i don't know if you're you remember this one but they weren't on quite long, but it's, it's from the 90s, and it was produced and directed, I believe, by Robert Townsend. Um, and so it's I a family. You still have the, the family dynamic. Yes, you still have the family dynamic with the two parents, and they have four, the four children. Um, even though we don't have, like, that full family dynamic of a two-parent household, 
I I like that show because right now where my son is and as he's growing, I'm starting to see him to kind of come from being that little bitty baby, you know, that I just, yes. man, I wish we could go back to that. To now just being this young man who is curious <laughs> about life and he's coming into okay. these different situations. And so I'm thinking about the youngest son in that series. Uh, I think his name is, his character name is Nick. And I'm thinking about uh, him and I feel like he is possibly the way that he was as a character in that series. That's probably exactly where my son is coming into right now, where he's having to deal with um, certain certain things or he's been exposed to certain things. We, this year we've, we've had to have conversations with like how unfortunately children will bully other children and you know um going back into what we're talking about about the bad behavior and how it enters into the public schools um he hasn't been in a public school this year but we have had to engage he's had to engage with public school children at like summer camp or through basketball and he's seen that their behavior they're focusing a lot on things that are just completely irrelevant to the moment and they choose to bully children that are different than them. Right. Instead of really trying to learn about each other's lives and teach each other some different things. And so I feel like he's a little bit like that character, Nick, where he's having to come into (laughs) understanding some people are just not going to be, you know, the way that you would wish that they would be. But you have to still be able to remember to be yourself and be accountable for yourself and to keep going. We recently had an issue, um, actually about two weeks ago now, we we recently had an issue where my son was actually called the N-word for the first time. And that, I tell you, that was a thing. And then um, just witnessing that, yeah, just witnessing that not only did I see how my son responded, but then I had to see how the child who said that to him, he continued on with other children of color and he said racist remarks to other kids based mm-hmm. off of, you know, their their color, their skin color mm-hmm. or based off of their heritage and having to see how all of those children of color, really all of them responded to him the same way. So I think um, we're really there. We're, we're really at that point. And I feel mm-hmm. like I like that show a lot because it, it handled, like Cosby, they handle a lot of those hard issues. And you got, yeah. a, you got a chance to see it from not just the parents' perspective, but you got a chance to see it from the children's perspective and how they handled it. And so yeah. I'm just reminded of, of that. Um, it's a great show. I think people should definitely watch it and, and share those both of those shows with their children in the good time show of course that show is will but thank you so much for being on our show today um if you can please share like where our our you know listeners can reach out to you if they are seeking consulting services from you and they would like to uh be in touch with you and with balance boutique where can they find you 
at least for having me on. And I'm glad you have that show to help you. Yay! Um, and com. that is my website, is just that all together, com. And my business phone number is 352-462-5506. And I'm Toya McCracken. You can also reach me at balanceboutique8 at gmail.com. And if you don't even want to talk or anything, just book a little quick consultation and you can put a note in there what it is that you want. Or if you're seeking something, just you don't have to call me, put a note in and I can work from that as well. Because my focus is on your four core, your mental, your physical, your financial but most importantly, your spirituality. It plays a whole part in your balancing of your life. So balanceboutique.com, I'm available. And thank you so much again, Jalisa. You are so welcome. You heard it here first. Balance Boutique, make sure you connect with Mrs. Toya. I love her. She is phenomenal, awesome. I can't wait to grow up and be like her. <laughs> Thank I cannot you so wait to. Much. Yes. So uh, make sure you continue to subscribe to the podcast right here on Google, Spotify, and Apple. And we will see yes. you guys next time. Thank you. Awesome. We are recording. Thank you so much. It was so fun. I love yes, everything that you Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. I was, I was, I was like, oh, I. But because I can go sometimes. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's totally, that's totally fine. I wanted to ask you, how is everything going with school? Because I know the last time we talked, you were, uh, you're getting your your doctorate or something, right? Your master's or your doctorate? No, I think it was. No, no, no. I wish. No, I was going back to finish my bachelor's in psychology. I graduated last November in um, New Hampshire. Yes, thank you. So it is. I, I want to go back to finish my master's, but at this point in time, I just took a little moment to see what, how I want to do everything, and I'm birthed in my business, so I, as I grow and move forward, I can still help and reach people, but also continue to better myself. Yes, I, I totally understand that. I actually started school. I started a master's program last July, and I decided yeah. to take a little break as well because it, it is a lot of work. It is really it's intense. A lot of work. Yes, really I was in a uh, start and stop. I, I was like, I don't want to do it because I know I'm not ready yet. And so, yes, I'm with you. You got to know when you need a break. Yeah, I was in a one. So I was in a one year uh, program that started in July at uh, DePaul University here in Chicago, and. Okay. Uh, the program it, it was great. It helped it you know helped for those who want to get any type of uh, teaching or any type of master's degree in teaching, whatever your you know regardless of the concentration. But the only thing was that it had an attachment where you had to actually teach at the public schools for five years, um, and then oh, for the yes. student for the student teaching, uh, we had to also do our student teaching at the schools and. When I tell you, like, the first two months was ridiculous. I mean, it was so bad. And I was just mentioning to you about, like, the bullying piece because that's, yeah. that's where it started at. I had to um, 
uh, enroll Justice into the school last fall, you know, because he's been homeschooled. And so I had him with me at the school, but he was in a different class and he was bullied for the first time there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I decided like, no, it's bad. When I say like it was horrible, I mean like there were gunshots happening outside of the school. Oh my goodness. The morning before school, after school. So it became an issue of safety for me. So I decided to pull out of the program for that reason. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm probably going to go back, um, and I just might go through like a different school or something of that nature and try to opt out of the student teaching piece. Right. Because that, you know, like you said, that's a lot. And then you're introducing your son to all of that at the same time. That is a lot. And it's not, you don't feel safe. No, no, no. We had to, I, so I had pulled, I ended up putting pulling him out um I literally like put him into the school I want to say about October or actually no I'm sorry it was September and then I pulled him out I think it was like the first week of October because I just we just could not take anymore so I tried to I tried to hang in there for the sake of the program for maybe about like an additional month or two but it was actually funny he basically was with his um great-grandparents, his paternal great-grandparents in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So every oh, okay. week, every, yeah, every weekend I would have to go back and forth. And right. I, then I started to get to the point where I felt like I'm spending every day with 150 kids who are middle schoolers and they're just ridiculous. And then I just felt like, like I was saying, it's like you're being a parent at the school, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my physical child I'm not able to parent every day like I'm mm-hmm. normally accustomed so it became a little bit of me wanting to just like be at home and be with my son and know that absolutely when I'm talking to him he understands he's not going to be violent or disrespectful right it, it was a lot but I it think you're right like it I, I really do think you're right. It's a lot, as you said, it's a lot of different households that are coming together in one space. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. the teacher is like the parent to the 30 kids. <laughs> right. And you have to think if the, te- the teacher may be educated, but if she's underdeveloped in certain areas, she can't handle yes. all that stuff because she probably hasn't been exposed to some of these things these children are dealing with. Oh, yes. I had, um, I was student teaching in a fifth and sixth grade math class. Um, mm-hmm. And I was shadowing the math teacher. His name was Mr. Johnson. He's Caucasian, of course. But um, mm-hmm. the teacher, you know, he was, what I will say about him, he was a great teacher and everything. But once I started to see how it became too much pressure for him, and uh-huh. then I saw how the admin actually were not even supporting him. They were it right. was it was more so kind of like he was being overworked because there was 150 yeah. students and if I wasn't there he would have had to you know do all of it by himself which I believe he did ha- end up having to do because I, I ended up leaving but yeah it was a lot I mean like he he like broke down he was turning red he had to call off multiple days um it just became too much for him 
So, and I knew like, I just can't be in this type of type of setting. So I do still want to continue with it, but I really don't think that I want to uh, teach a public in a public school because it's, it's too much for one person to try to change the school. And then they, like I said, there's not a lot of support from the administration side of it. So. Right. And then you become, so like you said, you're missing out raising your own child because you have to deal with all of these students and their issues. And I, again, that's a lot of one person. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Even I think, with, I think you're right. Assistant, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. They it definitely is a lot of uh, personal development that needs to Mm-hmm. happens <laughs> with the kids exactly. with the parents with the admin with the, the teachers I mean my first day I spoke to a couple of other teachers there that were within the same grade level in the same department and they were just like I go to therapy one teacher told me she goes to therapy every day and when she That's said that nice. my face literally just I tell you, I was just like, I, really? Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm telling you. It can't possibly be that bad, you know, but she she really did. She went to therapy every day. And I was like, you oh, know, my God. Well, my daughter, you know? our oldest started, um, she, she'll be 32 this year. When she went to sixth grade, I was a single mom. And I knew, again, like we talked about, I had to be involved. She was going to middle school. I'm like, okay, I have to get involved and make sure I know because we didn't live in a, a prestige neighborhood. We was like, you know, medium income. Well, mm-hmm. I became the homeroom mom for her sixth grade class, right? So, you know, sixth grade, you have to register. You have to do all these things, turn your information. Right. Before school started, I picked up all my pack, my packets and everything that I needed. I will say nine of the parents information was incorrect I could not wow. contact the parent by phone wow so if something happens to your child in school how are we going to contact you yeah <laughs> wow 92% of my information and I only had um what did she have six classes so I think I had her homeroom yes I had her, her, her the math teacher's homeroom class I was over Jaleesa that was pitiful and that was just something I could never understand I don't I don't understand it either I don't know it I mean it doesn't look like it's changed it looks like it's it actually gotten it's worse. Only worse it is yeah and you know it it, like and that. I feel bad 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 for our children of the parents who are trying to take the time to raise them right like you do teach and educate your children and then they have to go and sit in the classroom with some children who are monsters. Yes, that's why I was thinking the school choice thing really might be like the best option. And I know a lot of people are like, there's a, this seems to be like a lot of people that are against it for whatever reasons. But if it is to benefit, you know, families that are like low income or mixed income or medium income or whatever the criteria is I think that would be the best option to do and you know I think if you incentivize it give the parents some some extra tax money to you know raise and and teach their kids at home if, if it comes to it that way you know 
they'll still have that financial piece that's being taken care of, even if they have to right. say quit jobs or something like that. So I, or I even think with the jobs, giving these parents the option to, you know, I understand it's eight to five, but I, I remember on one of my jobs, the ladies would be, you just let the parents who had daycare kids go first because if they mm -hmm. didn't get there, not only are they barely making income, they charge them like $15 for five minutes that every five minutes they're late. It's like, really? what in the world? Yes. So, you yeah. know, if you're going to give the programs, make sure that the people have the options to not lose the job, have the finances to get them to the schools that are worth taking them to because a lot of people have some great schools, but they're so stretched out. They're right. so far out. And so if they could get there and get to work on time without these employers riding them, I think it would definitely be great. And even if they get a couple of busing systems out that way, it would be great. Yeah, when Justice was little, I used to think about, I guess I was, I was kind of blessed and fortunate because with the positions I've had, I've always been able to really uh, take him to work with me sometimes. And oh, you're I know totally blessed. that. Yeah, and, and I know that, you know, other people that I've worked with, they, I don't think they necessarily, like, frowned upon me about it, but I think they were upset that I was allowed that, and they weren't given that same type of thing, and so I've always been a fan of thinking, like, maybe jobs should in uh, some type of daycare services or a job for their employees, especially if you have children that like you know in daycare we have to pick them up at a certain time and and it, like you said it might be a distance and things of that nature they should consider opening like either opening a day a full daycare up at the job or at least having some type of sitter or something there where in the in the event that the parent has to bring the child with them there's a safe space right on the, exactly. on the, the job premises and you know the kids can be happy in a, in a safe space in the room and you know who's in the room and the parents can have the opportunity to check in on them on lunch breaks every now and then or look at a monitor and see what they're working on. But then they can still do their job and you don't have to be exactly. at risk of being late or leaving too early or things like that. So, Have you seen that yeah. Tyler Perry movie? I think it's called Good Deeds or Good Deeds or something like that. And yes, he, I don't, I, I think that might that be movie. one of the reasons why I thought about it because uh, she had her daughter had to stay in yep. the closet at the office. Yep. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, that's a good one. Actually, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I, I really do think yep. I was, I was lucky. I know a couple of my former coworkers. They tried to, <laughs> they tried to do the same thing, and I think that. Uh, you know, my our supervisor, I think he felt like since he was giving me the opportunity, he would extend it. But then once he did, I think it became an issue because the way that their children were. So speaking back to how you right. said the charm school, the etiquette school, teaching your kids, I think because I was already kind of on top of it with justice, it wasn't an issue to have justice at work because he was very quiet and he wasn't all around the office. But then uh, my coworkers' kids, they were kind of, you know, just rambling and, and running around and <laughs> things of that nature. Right. So loud, you couldn't really get a lot of work done or have a lot of conversations. And, and so it did eventually become 
a thing, I think, with other, other departments knowing like, hey, this department is allowed to bring their kids to work and we're not. <laughs> right. And like you said, become an issue with everybody and their feelings now. Yeah. But I'm, I, I guess I, I guess I, I think I'm, I'm lucky. I would say all the way up until, uh, yes, my last, my last position that I had, um, I've always been able to take him with me to work from, you know, that point in time. And now deciding to like get into teaching, I felt like, oh, that'd be great because he'll, I'll be at work and he'll be there, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> no. <laughs> The schools are ridiculous, so there's no way. <laughs> and him to, like you said, I wouldn't go back to the public. And it's not that, you know, you you feel like, oh, this is bad. It, well, you have invested in your yourself and your son. And, if, you know, you have to go to the better, the better places. Yes. Yeah, so... We've we've learned this year. Um, we actually just had the conversation about it right before, right before I, I spoke with you. Um, we, I've been telling him, you know, if you go into a school or into like a social organization where there's a lot of African American kids, you'll get teased and bullied because you don't have all the name brand stuff that they have, like with the shoes and the clothes, or you're not. Or in the jewelry, or you're not rapping or cursing, or you're not doing the the dances and being up all on the girls inappropriately. And if you go to spaces where there's a lot more Caucasian kids, then you got to deal with racism. And I recently just taught. Um, I did a math. We did this this math camp that I was teaching at, and so he was actually in the class with me. And one of the kids is an immigrant Russian student. He uh -huh. literally called my son the N-word. And then the wow. following week, um, he made a racist comment about one of the Indian students in the class. And then he kept referring to one of the Asian students as a boy. And that oh, it wow. became like, it became a really big deal. And so... I just started to look at the class and I just realized there were, there were more students of color in the classroom than there were of Caucasian students because it was like three African-American, three Asian, three Hispanic, three Indian right. students. I think he just started to, I, I, I really did, don't know, you know, his mom, uh, expressed like at first that she didn't feel like he traces or anything but I kind of called it early on and I knew that he was gonna go down the line through all the children and I was just like enough is enough you know and then right. he kept he kept following my son around I literally had to get to like a parenting point where oh I just God. had to like tell him like stop I don't want you around my son at all right and it was it was so ridiculous. He almost got kicked out of the club, uh, the the club or the I'm sorry, the camp. But yeah, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And I'm, I was telling like, you, <laughs> and that's sad. You can't and because a lot of these, nope, a lot of it come from the parents. Like you said, if you're talking about all of these different races and stuff, you're you learn that somewhere. 
Yes. And it sounds like you learned it very well. (laughs) You know, here's the other part, though, um, because some of the other people that I work with, they informed me that this particular child was homeschooled. And I was just like, there's no way. Because most homeschool kids I've met, they act absolutely nothing like that. Like when I tell you, Miss Toya, the very first week he got into it with another Caucasian student and the student had to like punch him out in the face. And oh, this that, that was happening for like three days of the first week. And he he like really antagonized that student and then he proceeded to antagonize Justice and all the other kids. And I just like, something is definitely wrong. Like this is not uh, educational behavior for homeschool kids or public school kids. This is, somebody's either doing this at home or he just thinks that this is okay. Like it's being modeled for him or something. And you know, each time we talk to the mom, she, she seemed like as if like she knew what we were saying to her. And she apologized and everything, but then I felt like she was kind of still oblivious. And so I decided to just stop talking to her because I felt like I'm not, I I was getting to the point where I felt like I'm not going to talk to her too much as a teacher. I'm now I'm going to talk to you as a parent because it's affecting my child. And now I'm seeing that the Indian student is getting really bothered by it and he's having to defend himself and the Asian student and it it was just it was so much, but right. That's why right. I say that that show um, I think is probably a good that particular character on the on the Parenthood show. I think is like a good range of where Justice is now because he likes everything mm-hmm. that he's doing and things, but he's just he doesn't like the interaction that he's having to deal with with the other kids. And I just tell mm-hmm. him like I don't know. You know, every every kid is not like that, but there's always going to be at least one or two in the bunch where. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, it do. makes me think of um, what is that? Everybody hates Chris. With mm-hmm. I think his name was Russo or whatever. He was just always so bad. Always want to fight. Always want to yes. this. And a lot of times, like I said, that stuff comes from those environments, and. You know, even though they may not be getting abused at home, somebody's displaying that or modeling that behavior. So they are, they're doing it from somewhere. I think Some so. Kids my, did the same one thing of my to our grandson. Yeah, one of my friends said it might have been the kids, the kids' father, but I wasn't sure if there was even a father because the the mom was the only one that would pick him up from the camp. Mm-hmm. It could, and that's probably why he couldn't be all bully himself. Making yeah. them do everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. I hope that you guys are uh, enjoying the summer, though. You guys probably got what two weeks left, right? I guess before school starts. Yes, they start here on the tenth, and Joy and Kendall will be going back on the fifth. Jermaine and Alana didn't come this summer. Um, Jermaine was he's in Oklahoma City. And he was in school from what he told us. Um, he was going to summer school. So um, okay. we didn't get to see him this summer. We're supposed to get to see him next week, though. They're supposed to be in Florida. So hopefully we'll get to get to see him. It's just the bitterness going on. And I'll just keep it that way. Um, how, did, so, how, did, how did 
they all do in school. Everything's okay with the, the, the grades and, you know, how you guys want it to be and everything. Yes, um, we're not 100% sure what Jermaine, um, like I said, she's bitterness there, so she's not really talking. But the other okay. kids all excelled, and they went ahead um, to the next grades. And everybody seems to be doing good. Over the summer, um, they did work on a project. They wanted to do a lemonade stand, and they had the um, lemonade stand last week. And they learned how to budget and sell and get investors and all that stuff. That was their really? big project. Uh-huh. I would say it was amazing. It was a lot of work, but um, that's so funny. So Justice is doing that too. He did it last year, and then last year I actually did a um entrepreneurship class for some of the kids last summer, where they had to create their own business plans and all that stuff, and then yeah. they did end up like doing their own websites and YouTube pages. So that's really cool. Oh, that sounds awesome! I didn't get them that far with the YouTube pages and stuff. They would have loved that. But they did you could, so good. You could let them make their own website. Um, if you go to like, I I know Justice has his on GoDaddy, but if you go through, if you guys have like a Google account, which I think you guys do, right? Like a Google email. Uh-huh. There's this there's this app in Google called Google Sites, and they can make yeah. their own website through there. Um, and and it'll you know. You can make it public where everyone can see and they can order and stuff. Or you can go ahead and, like, purchase a whole domain name and stuff from, like, Wix or, or GoDaddy, uh-huh. too. Yeah, I love Wix. That's who I use. I like Wix. But they yeah. they did the neighborhood, and we put it in the neighborhood app. And, boy, they showed up, and then a lot of people donated to them because they wanted to open their own savings account by themselves. So they worked and saved up money, they reached their goal and on Saturday we're gonna to go to the bank and let them open their savings on their own. And yeah. um, that was their summer summer project. They didn't want to go to camp and stuff this year, but I still had them to do their daily like reading and different things, um, math, reading, science and outdoor activities and stuff like that. So we they just kinda of had a chill summer. Uh, because I've been so busy and oh, my mother in law is now here too. That's a, that's a great summer. You're making money. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, they made some money too. <laughs> they so get to go back and tell the other kids that they started a business. So that's a perfect yes. summer. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, they work me, but we, you know, we let them just really do their thing. And they bought the little t shirts and stuff off of Amazon. With the oh wow! C- the CEO and the founder and the CFO and all that, <laughs> but learning what those acronyms mean and all of that, and so it was a lot of fun for them. And we're gonna. This is their last pool weekend, and we're gonna do something on Saturday after they get their bank account, take them to lunch, and probably have some fun and wind down next week because they fly out next Saturday. Very cool. Yeah, Justice yeah. started last year. He he did really good with selling his stuff, and he's gonna pick back up this Friday but his goal was initially to make his own toys and unfortunately mm-hmm. we couldn't do the toy thing last year but God would have it that now the libraries have a uh, 3D printers so okay so now that there's 3D printers he started to learn about how to do 3D printing through YouTube and through some some uh, tinker website it's called and um, he wants to make his own toys, and then he wants to make his own plane models. So he's into oh wow, 
Yeah, he's into aviation now. So we were supposed to it. take a trip up to uh, Detroit in a couple of weeks so he can see uh, the aviation museum and stuff there. And we went oh. to uh, St. Louis. And here, so funny story, really quickly, because I know you got to go. We went to St. Louis and we stayed um, up by the airport where they have the Boeing planes and things. Uh -huh. I literally had no idea that Boeing has like a, a like a uh, tour center and everything. Wow. And so we came back home and we were doing some um, we were doing some internet searching and we found out that. The center was literally right where we were oh staying. Oh my at. goodness! Wow. And I was like, <laughs> if we had known that, you know, that would have been just a bonus on the trip. We did all the other things, but we did not do that. So we'll probably have to go back there. But then they also have one up in Seattle. And since I've been wanting to like try the West Coast out, uh, now we got a reason to go. So yes, so. I. I flew in Seattle when I was a flight attendant. I didn't get to go, but it's that market something they have downtown, the fresh something. I heard it was okay. so beautiful. It, it stormed when we were there, but two of the flight attendants snuck out through the storm and they came back with all oh, kind of Pike, I think it's called Pike Peak Market or Pike Market. Okay. Man, they bought so much stuff back and um it, and I heard it was beautiful, but I was not going in that storm to go no to get nobody's seafood. <laughs> but um, I heard that's a really nice place there, um, down in that area. It's kind of like just different, a different, different culture. Awesome! I have to remember that. Yeah, we definitely want to go. We've been doing uh, a lot of the national parks and stuff too. So if you guys get into national parks, they have like this junior rangers program where the kids can collect badges for the different national parks they go to, I definitely would, would recommend it because I know you guys have the Everglades down there and we were just looking at that one. So whenever we make a trip to uh, Florida, that's probably one of the, the one we're going to go to. And that's good you told me that because my husband being a, a military veteran, we get into all the state, the Florida state oh, parks yes. for free. And that's so, right. so I didn't think about getting them in the little ranger stuff. Yep. Yeah. So he. So yes. Yep. And they have a. They actually do have a military pass. So I think you would be able to get into the national parks for free too. Yep. Yeah, some of them I know we get into, and so I'll, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it, it's it's really worth it. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of badges already, and so um, we actually just learned that there is two new ones that they've created for Emmett Till. One is going to be in uh, one is I think it's I think it's supposed to be the courthouse um, that the trial took place at, and then one is this way um, at the church where he was funeralized. And so I know that they're still trying to develop everything at the the church, but I think the one in Mississippi is like good to go. So we we just watched um, the Till movie, the movie Till movie, and now we're trying to what I'm trying to do is kind of like line up a lot of things as it relates to like civil rights because we we when we came down south last time we did like all of the different states or as many as we could do but this time mm -hmm. I want to come with like the intention of seeing all of the different 
uh, civil rights, like either monuments or sites, you know, and then Uh I feel like it just tie into like that whole uh, learning aspect of that and just do it one good time and then go on to the next thing because, you know, I mean, you can't keep really teaching civil rights <laughs> like every single mm-hmm. year. You know, right. But after how kids get bored with it, but I thought um, it would be fun if we could, instead of doing more like reading on it, because he knows pretty much everything and every person that was connected to it, we could just travel it and we could uh-huh. go to the different things like there's uh there's the the school that's in Topeka, Kansas for the Brown versus Board of Ed that'll give us a chance yeah. to talk about that law and, and retouch again on Thurgood Marshall, um and you know just kind of jump around from the different states and give us a chance to travel and see people and say hey. <laughs> so I know, you know Rose Rosewood just did their um their I think their reunion. It was a hundred years. Um, and they did it. They did a whole big event over in Gainesville, but Rosewood is actually probably an hour from us. It's down um, going toward Cedar Key, and you pass right by it, but you would never know a town was ever there. Yeah. They, when I say they de- they demolished it, they really demolished it. But you do well, ride through there. They they have a little bit of thing that you that tells you that's where it was at. So that's what I was going to say next too. Um, after we do the the civil, I want to call it like the civil rights state tour or it's something uh-huh. like that. And so, but so after we do that one, I think the next thing I want to do would be what you're saying now is finding all of the historical uh, black communities where uh-huh. they had like businesses and doctor's office, and, you know, like there was a whole solid community. Because I know everyone talks about, they mainly, you know, talk about the one that's in Tulsa, but I do know that there is the one in Florida. And I want to find, like, as well. yeah, mm-hmm. I want to find, like, some of those, those other ones that are not, like, so well known. So I think, yeah. I think all of those would be connected to, like, those, um, I think that was, like, the 1919 riots or something like that. Uh-huh because all of those riots started happening like in those different cities or towns about the same time. So I was thinking we could, we could do that. Um, yeah. My, my thought is like, you know, the schools, they always like teach about civil rights and, or not teach, but they always have books and readings on civil rights and slavery and stuff. But the kids often tend to get bored with that because it's like, how many times can you, continue to read the same thing that you already know with the same different people. So I'm always thinking about introducing different names that are not well known. Like I had him do a project on Megar Evers. Um, I had him do a project on A.D. King, which led us to realizing that A.D. King was actually more instrumental in the Voting Rights Act than Dr. King actually was. And A.D. Mm. King was the reason why you had more of the churches and more of the children uh, on the front line protesting than Dr. King actually did. So we started, we, I've, I've, we've gotten to a point where like, we're now debunking what is known, right? Where right. everyone thinks like Dr. King is like the person that's done all these things, but that's not true. It's, right. there's the whole SCLC 
you know, committee. And then there's all these other pastors that's, that's all had their part. So instead of just looking at the same faces, let's look at some different names that are not so well known or, uh, where their story is. Right. And, but they still made a major impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just doing the physical part where we can just really go. So Memphis is definitely on our list. Um, Savannah too. Yes. Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. We, we went to, um, King's childhood home. We went to their childhood home, but um, I think it was closed that particular day because we actually ended up going at Thanksgiving a couple of uh -huh. years ago. So we're going to try to go on a different day, but make sure it's not a holiday. <laughs> right, right. And so we'll you stop know, there. Uh, not, to, not to cut you off, but as you were talking about the slavery, this is a uh, documentary I'm watching the throne and I don't know if but um the young black uh reclaiming the throne and the reason one of the reasons it, it got my attention was he said I when I started this I want to know what were we before we became slaves and every they want right. to start yes. black people life off like you said with the school they take it back to the slavery portion but what what was going on before we became slaves? And I tell you, Jaleesa, that thing is really good because it goes along with the Bible versus the reality of what really happened to the people coming from all the way over okay. um, the Ivory Coast and everything. So, excuse me, so far it's so good. It is so good. I'm just on the second um, episode. because and it's called Reclaiming it's called Reclaiming the, the Throne. throne. Uh-huh. Is it on like Amazon or Netflix? Tubi is what I've been watching it on. That little new thing everybody's on. Okay. Uh, it's like T-U-B-I. Okay. And um man, it's it's really interesting. Um, it's a group of black guys that are doing it. Um I sent it to We'll definitely, we'll definitely watch that one. I had, um, I, I, I had started teaching him about like different African uh, kings and queens or like warriors that uh -huh. are emperors of different kingdoms and civilizations. And actually, uh, actually became friends with the former NFL football player. <laughs> um, and so that, oh man, I have another funny story of how I met him too, but. <laughs> um, I met him. Yeah, I met him last. Uh, we met him last uh, December because we ended up meeting Chance the Rapper, and okay, so we okay. Yeah, so we met Chance last summer, and then we went to an event that Chance was hosting in December, and then so we ended up meeting this this former football NFL football player, um, and he actually is an author. Him and his wife, they're authors, and they created a comic book on Queen Amani Renez. And so oh, wow. I had them, I had them uh, give us a couple of books for the kids to read. And then they did like a virtual meet and greet with the kids. And they talked to them about the history of uh, Amani Renez and the kingdom and the civilization. So it was really fun. So yeah, he we're, we're in that space too. What you're mentioning, we're in that space. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn that myself because 
like you said, it's so many things that I was ushered through school, jumped over the civil rights. But if it wasn't for my grandmother telling me certain things, it would have never piqued my interest. And just like you said, learning some of the people who were very impactful, but unwell, unrecognized, shall I say, um, in their works. It is definitely, it's so good. I, I'm loving learning this. I'm yeah. Loving it. So I yeah, there's a, not. there's a, a couple of great books that are on Claudette Coven, which I, the kids have read on. Uh, Ella Baker, she, there's a lot of great books on her. Uh, Polly Murray, um, who worked with Thurgood Marshall in, uh, yes, Thurgood Marshall in, in some of the laws and things that he helped to do. Uh, Bernard Rustin was the person who pretty much wrote out a lot of the speeches and the policy that went mm -hmm. from the SCLC over to, um, you know, the White House. Um, and then uh, there's a gentleman, uh, I think his name is Philip. A. Randolph or something like that, but he was supposed to be, he, or not supposed to be, but he was the first uh, Black man to organize a union, and that was actually for the Pullman Porters, and so we um, just went to the Pullman Porter National Park here and learned a lot about him, and it was so funny because they have this picture that is a very well-known picture. It's him and Dr. King, and I think it's Kennedy, and they're in the White House. And I've seen that picture like multiple times, but I never knew why that particular picture was important. And so uh -huh. uh, once we went to the, the National Park, I was like, oh, I know this picture, but then I don't know why it's important. And then it, it connected because the gentleman, Mr. Randolph, was actually a part of the Pullman Porters. And mm. he was a union organizer. And so that's why yeah. it became important. Um, and I was like, oh, and I was like, now this picture makes sense because that was like right. the very beginning of when they start talking about the poor people's campaign and all of that stuff. But right. yeah, it's it's interesting, like seeing things that you never really, really fully understood the context of, and then just realizing. And like I said, with uh, the brother Ad King, we I I don't know what it was, but I told Justice I was just like. I think you should look into Megger Evers and I think you should look into the brother instead of talking about King. Let's, let's see about the brother because the brother had died uh, mysteriously in his swimming pool. And uh, so much, well, we started to discover so much for, about him and then there's actually a foundation for his brother in Georgia. And we ended up finding out that he's actually more connected to the Voting Rights Act than MLK Jr. actually was. Wow. And he he was the reason why a lot of the churches came uh, on board with helping to lead some of the protests. And then he was also the reason why the kids got involved. He rallied the, the parents and the, the churches up to get the kids to march. So a lot of the marches where the kids were leading and were in front, that was because of ADP. And I think a couple of those, I feel like, I don't know if it was, I don't, I think it was Birmingham. I feel like it might've been the one in Birmingham where they had put like the dog hoses and stuff on the kids. Um, but one of those, whatever, whichever one of those marches where it was televised and they started attacking the children, um, uh -huh. he was the, he was the guy who uh, rallied the kids together to come out and protest. Mm. 
Yeah. And you know, exactly. and it seemed like I vaguely heard of his brother, but I am just oblivious to that too. You know. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, a lot of people. I feel like we all like you know forever just look at it like, oh, this is Dr. King's movement, but then we forget like there's there's all these other people like he didn't do it by himself, you know. So he, I really that's why I really look at it like and try to teach the kids. It it really wasn't his movement. It was the group. It was the the generation's movement. But he was just uh-huh. the face and the voice. Right. That's all. That's, that's pretty much it. He was the face and the voice, but everybody had a part. Somebody was writing speeches. Somebody was writing policy. You had Thurgood who was championing in the in the you know courthouses, and everybody uh-huh. had their part. You know, teaching them about Mahalia Jackson and how she uses her voice, and how Aretha Franklin used her platform to get involved. Um, I think it's really cool. So I, it I is. think it's. Really cool. <laughs> And it gives them opportunity to kind of stretch out and start to see more people. The only thing I wish, though, that we could really do for this trip is going uh, to New York and trying to find something on Malcolm X. But you know, they they bombed the home, <laughs> so right. there's there's nothing. I mean, there's the the autobahn, but you know. I don't know. The original things is it's all gone. <laughs> and that's so sad. You know, it's you know, it, but it, but like you said, just getting a part of that history is so important because you know, it goes back to our culture to the the beginning of things. Why were they the way they were? What pushed them to be like this? You know, what were they really dealing with? I I love all of that. And just learning, like you said, why was Martin Luther King so on the forefront over some of the other people who were just really doing all the work too. You know, and I think I even learned that, what's her name? Um, gosh, I can't think of her. Rosa Parks wasn't the first one who did that on the bus, but she was the first one recognized as it in yes. the community because they set that up. So it's like, man, like you said, I love it. I love yeah, it. I've we- learned it myself. We we've I've always been someone that's had questions about like what happened to on the other side of it like what happened to all those Caucasian people that did or said certain things or you know participated in certain things and mm-hmm. we so like I said we just watched the two movie um, and then we went back and we found some things from the original uh, covers and stories that Jet and Ebony did. And um, this a little bit more digging and research, and you'll you'll probably have to like really dig for it if you want to find it yourself too. But we end up finding out that every single one of the people that were a part of his, um, you know, a part of his murder, they all suffered. And this is going to be so eerie, but it's like they suffered very similar in the same way of which how how he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the the two gentlemen, uh, the Bryant gentleman, he, um, the, him and Carol Bryant, they had a daughter who was born, uh, I think she was born uh, deaf, and you know they oh. had cut off his off his ear, and then oh, it stated that, it stated that in one point, uh, Bryant years later he had went up to work for like a steel like a metal company. 
and he had some steel or metal or something that was kind of like gouged into his eye, which is oh my exactly, yeah, is what exactly they- what they did to him, you know, and they lost their money. The sheriff had owned a plantation. Uh, he got kicked out of office and lost the plantation. Like it, it's, it's so eerie. If you look at it and you see what happened to like each one of them, there was a lawyer uh, who was defending them who actually committed suicide. Is and all of that in the movie? No, it's it's not in the movie. Um, so I again, I had did like You're did some more research. research. Yeah, yeah, because Justice was asking like what happened to them because we had seen in the the news that the woman Carol had just died, I think maybe two months or so ago. And so um, they had mentioned somewhere on the news that she had buried two of her sons and she had said that she understood how Mamie Till felt, you know, but she never truly apologized for her wrongdoings when it came down to Emmett and the lie that she told. And so Justice was curious and he asked me about what happened to the others, the the husband and the, you know, brother-in-law. And I was like, well, let's see, let's research. And that's what we ended up finding out. And there's wow. a, someone had like a, a full article where they disclosed everything that happened to everybody that was a part of the case from the folks on the Till side to the guys who committed the murder. Uh, they even went oh. down to talking about the, the field hands, the, the two or three black guys that they had uh, worked for them and that helped and participated. One of them, uh, they said, had basically started to develop schizophrenia and he became an alcoholic and ended up dying. Mm. And it, it and it was reported like that he felt he was hearing voices and things like that. Uh-huh, good. So it's pretty eerie. And I was just like, wow, it's amazing. Like the way that that young man was murdered, it seemed like as if like every single one of them, you know, their lives um, just were ruined in one way or another, the same way that they they had did that to him. Oh, I was wow. like, that if that's not karma. You know, I don't, I really don't know what to say about that, but it sounded like pure karma. And it was just like, I don't know, you know. Oh, yeah, but you I, cannot do, you can't do stuff like that. And when we let God, <clears throat> we let God handle the battle, you don't have to do nothing. They'll get it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I really thought. I was just like, wow, like Mamie went on with her life and married. She never had any more children, but you know, I'm, she probably wondered what, what they were doing, how they were, but nope, God took care of all of that. But yeah, that was it was so, it was so fun I was talking to you. So if I, I, I can try to see if I can find the link again and I can send that to you if you want to see that, but we'll definitely oh, check yeah. out. Sure. We'll definitely check out that documentary because I think that will be fun. Yes, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's really good because it go along with the Bible and it's, it goes on a, a, something I was studying when I was in school. I think it was top of last year and I came across about the scripture of how no man should be hung by a tree 
who he who is hung by a tree is cursed. And you shouldn't do that. And they're not supposed to stay out all night. It's in the Bible. And it just made me think, like, what kind of hex were they trying to put on our culture? But now in that movie, they talk about it, that documentary, they talk about it. And it goes back even to the Israelites about the curse that was on the people. It is Wait, I didn't know that. I don't even think I've even seen that in the Bible. You said if they're hung by a tree, that's a curse? And it says that um, it's like um, those. I think it's a Galatians. Hold on one second. I can pull it up because I wrote so many notes on it because I could not believe it. Wow. And it wow. is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. That's, it, that um, would be eerie too. In, yes. yes. New Testament, Galatians chapter 13 verse chapter 3 verse 13 and I'll send it to you it said Christ have redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for us for it is written curse is everyone that hang on a tree so then you cross I cross reference back to the old testament Deuteronomy 21 23 it said his body shall not remain all night up on the tree but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is a curse of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord that God give the fire of an inheritance. And I went along talking about how that just made me like wonder as how the racist people wanted to hang the black or African American people on a tree for their reasons. Like, were they trying to curse us even in a worse way? Like, what What yeah. does that? So when I saw that documentary and they bring up those same scriptures out of Deuteronomy, it blew my mind. Wow. That is very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to watch this documentary. That's interesting. I wonder how many people know that. It, it, and I told my husband Or maybe they, you know, I mean, like... One day. I don't know. But I told my husband, I said... Because I sent that to a few people that day, and I, I'm going to send you my notes because I was so upset. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what what in the world? But watching the documentary, it goes back. And so that's why even Paul says you have to die daily. You have to repent and die daily because people speak negative things, go off and die. That is a curse. That is witchcraft. You don't speak that over people. And that's like because you're speaking that curse over people's lives. So just imagine right. all the things that have been spoken over our lives. Oh my lord. And have no idea what exactly. it is. Exactly. Wow. Oh exactly. wow. I just learned something. I never knew that. I actually never knew that at all. That is very interesting. And it's interesting that mm. they would highlight it too. So that tells you that they probably have picked someone probably picked up on the same thing that you you picked up on. I'm telling you, and it, it but I wonder how many know that, or just do they acknowledge it, or has it have they just looked over it? Like you, was that the word verbatim says it should not hang there? Oh, like they're not supposed to be there all night. All night. But they would yeah. hang them wow. all night and let them be for show, right? 
And then they would even, yes. you know, torture them, you know, even their dead bodies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That is something. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I'm telling you. And that's and, and why are we so in bonded? You know? Why can we never yeah, come up? That why, why we're always There's oppressed. A- but what I love There's about a- that documentary, we did not start there. We did not start as slaves. It goes back to even Mansa Musa and all of those, the Moors, all of that. And I told my husband, now you might think I'm crazy when I say this now, but we was st- we watched that show called The Chosen. The first okay. season. We haven't watched the second one. Really good. I think it brings the Bible to life. But as they were talking about the Maccabees and the, the Maccabee revolt and all these things that were lost, I told my husband, I think the black people are the Israelites. Honey, in this documentary, that's all I'm going to tell you. And I just cannot get over it because it was, it disappeared. Listen, you're going to see. Even in the Bible, it says those who do not take, who who, uh, go against God, they will be scattered to other ends of the earth. They were scattered from Africa all the way over to the coast, the transatlantic slave trade. Wow. Scattered. You will be slaves to those who you don't even understand. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And that's what I told my husband. I said, so many people don't understand why black people love the word because they feel like it's against us. But if you study it, you will understand it's not. Yes, I think so. Well, I definitely have to see those two photos. That is so interesting. <laughs> I'm telling you, with, with the knowledge that we're learning, thank you, Jesus, we learn things in a timely manner. But also, it's certain times into your spirit, and you'll be enlightened to see. Yeah, and you'll be like, I think wow. so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I gotta I get in here with this 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 family of mine because I had them all off the Wi-Fi. They probably all going crazy. And my husband is out there working on so something. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much. And then yes. I will send you the link when everything is um, posted and when it's Thank on you. Uh, Spotify and Apple and Google. And so can I go on the regular Spotify to find you? Yes. Yep. You just type in friends. Okay. Because I love and Spotify. That's my thing. Yeah. Of Karini and it'll it'll pop up either either one of those three um it'll pop up right there so yep we have about I've the episodes are numbered I think it's uh fifty six right now so it's fifty six episodes that have posted and then I always have like the show notes where um we feature like info about like a, a quick bio about like the the guest that's on and then links to like your website or social media or if you have like a book or something you're promoting it, it goes up there in the show notes and stuff too so you'll see all of that good thing those good things and then uh you know if you want you can always connect with some of the other people who've been on before we have had 
Rift books in Florida on? I think I've had two. Uh, I think I've had two on. I know Tara is from Florida, and I think one other person is from Florida. Oh, awesome. Can you still hear me? Hey friends, did you know that right now you can get 15% off of all math classes with Friends of Cabrini? I mean seriously, 15% off. Go ahead right now and visit our website because you don't want to miss this deal. Hey friends, so did you enjoy today's show? I know I sure did. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And make sure you tell a friend.